Welcome to an episode of Rosenballs. Holy simoleons. Now, like, look, I didn't think... Why didn't I think this, that a deal was going to happen this quickly? Well, it did. Drew Holiday is a Celtic. <sighs> Lots of thoughts. Just, you know, obviously, as you guys know, I'm from Boston. I'm a big... I am a Celtic fan. I'm, I, and I'm... Look, I'm... I'm I am more harsh on them unless they do the perfect deal. I get it. Uh, but let's get into it. First, let's talk about Portland. Everyone's giving kudos to Joe Cronin, and, and rightfully so, right? The Heat came into this being like, we're going to negotiate ourselves. And now Riley's getting a lot of slack, which which I love. Not going to lie. Um, you know, look, look he, he nailed down the Jimmy Butler deal. Great. Since then, kind of a poo-poo platter of, of moves for, for the Heat, right? Um, they overpaid for Kyle Lowry, and, and I think... They didn't get more as many years as they would have liked from him, about a year and a half of, of sort of quality play. And and now he's, you know, massive decline, right? He's a liability almost at this point. Um, and they, I think they airballed this offseason. But before that, you know, they're, they're flirting around with Donovan Mitchell. That never came about. And it's because they, you know, Hero, their asset is very flawed. And people saw that. Like, it, coming off the bubble year was really the peak Sometimes, like, you have to be smarter about your own youth and realize, like, look, this guy's actually not that good. We should move him now. His value's at an all-time high. Let's let's move him while the market value is crazy. Now, that's tight. That's tough. That's a tough call, right? Like, you know, I, I, you, could, you could get high in your own supply, get, you know, um, entranced with your own youth. That, that's fair. So they handed out to Hero, and they lost out on, on Mitchell. They were never going to have enough value there. Just didn't... didn't Accumulate enough assets, and I think this offseason is is a uh, was was horrific for them because, look, regardless of like the Lillard stuff, the Beal deal, the Bradley Beal potential trade was totally out there for the taking. He wanted to go to Miami. Uh, you're getting, you know, a guy who fits you quite well, who would have put you back in in contention. And you got a little arrogant. I think they waited for that Lillard move. And they, you know, they. I think they kind of realized this, but they should have realized it. Like, nobody likes Hero that much. Like, they just don't. Because, look, at best he's, what, a sixth man, can't stay on the court in the playoffs, can't play defense. And young assets don't stay young forever, right? Like, he's a young asset until he's not. And, and in this case, he isn't. He's not that young anymore. He's been in the league now for for quite a bit, four years or so. And I think, and, and people, you know, there's the unknown has a value, meaning like if a guy is good for the first two years, like, oh, what, what could he be? What could he be, right? Um, like Maxi right now is at the peak, I feel like. That's a good that's a good comparison in the sense that like, this is, you know, some guys that hit their peak and they're like, okay, like maybe if you give him an opportunity, could it be better? And Hero just never improved from there. That happens a lot. Like NBA players... Sometimes even as rookies, look at Tyreek Evans, right? They don't even get better beyond that rookie, right? So Hero's value never increased. And I, I think they had a decent gauge of his market value, you know, around the NBA, considering the Jazz now didn't move a, a superstar for him. That type of value, Hero, wasn't getting you um, a premier player on its own merit. Like, that wasn't, like, the major asset in a move. He had, like, Jordan Poole value. Look at Jordan Poole. And Golden State figured that out, by the way. Obviously, it was post-extension, but still. 
So fine. So the Heat airball Bradley Beal, goes to Phoenix for, for pennies on the dollar, really, and just a cap-clearing move. He could have gotten him. And now you have Damon Lillard there. And and I think Lillard's agent, by the way, paid, play, paid this, played this quite well. Who's lurking or behind the scenes. And Miami fans are like, oh, screwed us. Give me a break. Okay? Like, the hero three picks thing wasn't that great. And the GM, Joe Cronin, realized a couple things. First of all, he realized, like, look, I don't need to make a rebuild move in one fell swoop. Okay? Where I get everything I want back. I get picks. I get young asset. I could do a ladder system, which I think GM should do more often. Which is, like, most teams that are good, they're going to want Lillard have a veteran they want to upgrade. So I'll take back that veteran and then flip him for another young ass. And if I have to flip him again, that's fine. And he's going to keep flipping. Joe Cronin is now the king. He is like uh, uh, an HGTV show. Flip this house, but it's with, with, with the veteran assets. So what did he do? First off, like, look, I'm not a big Aiton guy, despite the similarities of his last name and my first name. Not a huge fan. Okay? I'll acknowledge that. Right, um, but look, that was his guy. He could be right about it. Fine. Does he fit on Portland? Sure, sure. But look, he, he saw Lillard and he was like, "Look at this team now, long term. Who do I? Lillard wants to go. I want to rebuild. He did well in the draft. Charlotte took Miller. Um, and by the way, I get it for Charlotte. At the same time, going back like that doesn't doesn't look like a great pick. Um, but fine. Now you got Scoot. You need to rebuild. You got Sharp, who, who could be pretty good. Let's get some assets around them. Let's complement them. And I think, you know, not letting the Heat hold him hostage was brilliant. And now getting back, he got back a couple things. First off, like, unloading Lillard and Nurkic is, is just chef's kiss, right? Um, getting Phoenix, first of all, I, you know, talking about Phoenix in here. Phoenix, I think, did not do well here, but fine. Um, getting Aiton back, just talk about what he got back. Getting Aiton back, and then the multiple picks. Now, they didn't get Pritchard, but they got Aiton, Robert Williams. So now your center rotation for the next 10 years plus is, is set. And it's a really good center rotation because, um, like, Robert Williams can't give you a full season necessarily, but he's a, you know, DPOI candidate when he plays. Good passer, like, good young guy. Play him, play Aiton together. Your center, you have the. I would argue they went from having maybe the worst center rotation in the NBA in terms of center depth. You're talking about like an injured Nurkic, Drew Eubanks, Trenton Waterford. That was their center rotation. To now Aiton and Robert Williams, that's a top three center rotation. Who's got a better center in terms of depth? Denver, I get it. They have Jokic, but then Zizek Ninaj is their backup. So in terms of a team that's got two quality centers, there's not many. I mean, like, Atlanta's in there. It's better than Atlanta's with Capella and Right? Like, who else? So their center rotation is quite good. They, they, now they have a young center rotation. And, again, if you're trying to develop Scoot and Sharp, what do you need around them? You need some spacing. I get it. They, OG was probably their main target. It wasn't going to happen with Toronto. Didn't make sense. Um, but you want you want depth at the center position. You want defense at center. And now they have a little low post talent. So they, they, they got that flip. Right, and then getting Holiday flipping him again, so they got a pick. They got at least uh, two firsts and swaps. Then they flip Holiday, get another first, and Brogdon. They're probably gonna flip Brogdon again and get a first. And he's like, "Who wants Brogdon?" A lot of teams do. I'll flip the Clippers. Perfect sense. Get Marcus Morris in a future first. 
they're going to end up with maybe three or four firsts, like three swaps, Aiton and Robert Williams and unloading Nurkic in this deal. I'll tell you how good that is. You Let's compare it to the Kevin Durant deal, okay? Kevin Durant's value should have been way higher than Damian Lillard's. Way, way higher. He demanded a trade. Okay, so did Lillard. What did Durant get back? What, what did uh, uh, Brooklyn get back? Brooklyn got back four firsts, Mikel Bridges. It's a good move, okay? I can make the argument this is somewhat comparable value-wise. Uh, again, Bridges is an immense talent. Totally get it. But if you get back the same amount of firsts, now, instead of Bridges, I'm getting Rob Williams and Aiton. Close. And the swaps. And I unload Nurkic. I unload a shit contract in Nurkic. It's close. You got close to KD value for Damian Lillard, who, look, I get the Lillard stance, people. I get it. Lillard, Lillard was overrated. He's good. He's good. He was overrated. Why? He was the best player for many years on a fringe playoff slash 12th seed. For the number one guy on a, on a team that's fighting for a play-in. And, and by the way, the rest of the team was pretty good. They had CJ McCollum. This isn't like a, um, a Luka situation in Dallas. Well, Jeremy Thornton, Luka is obviously better. Okay? but toward, And now he's at the end of his career. He had a couple of injury-riddled years. You know, he's going to be 36 at the end of this crazy contract. Three years, $180 million. They did well. And they moved him at the right time. They hung on to him, would have been awkward going into the, the training camp, and I was scoot. Whose team is it? Ba 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 ba. Great. Great play by Portland GM. He's already now in the running for executive of the year if they win a game. If they win a game, he's already he's already got the award locked up. So Portland made out like bandits here. Uh, just a phenomenal, not even a rebuild, a revamp. They're a nice young team. Um, if I'm them, I'm moving Brogdon again. Maybe I maybe get a mere coffee. Let's give him a shot. A couple of wing guys. You got picks now. And you you have, you know, somewhat of building blocks. Let's see. But that, that's the way to do it. And, like, look, I'll, I'll say this, too. This is going to go to the flip of the Celtics element of this. You don't rebuild in the NBA now unless you have to, okay? So, like, in my opinion, like, the way you kind of assess it as a team, as a franchise, if we cashed out all our chips, we moved all of our picks, all of our youth, and we went for it all right away, right? You know, um, would we, tell me, would we contend? Would we, like, flirt with a conference finals with a shot to, like, get lucky? Okay? And if the answer is no, then I think it's time to rebuild. But now, it's not even a conference finals, it's like second round. So, like, for example, you know, Portland, I think, had the answer to that, I think, years ago. So this was, like, a huge uh, blessing for them that Lillard demanded a deal because if they went the other way uh, and they try to build around Lillard, booming Scoo would ever get like a Toronto package, you know, that team is, is probably flirting with a low playoff seed. The best they could get. Let's say they got like, you know, uh, OG, you know, OG and Anobi for like Scoot or something. That team is not that good. They're a low playoff seed. Okay. So Portland does the right move here. They rebuild. You look at other teams right now that should be rebuilding, like Chicago. It would be a blessing in disguise if Chicago, Chicago, the problem is they don't have one guy. It's like a couple of guys that need demand. But Chicago, quite frankly, it would be a blessing if they were forced to rebuild. They're not. And they're just going to keep treading. Portland did the right move. They're rebuilding. Let's look at Boston here. This is the area I want to focus on. So look, in a vacuum, the Drew Holiday deal was an overpay. Yes. 
They moved Robert Williams. They moved a couple of picks in Brogdon. Okay. The Blazers want a Pritchard. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, now, look, you got to look at who you're competing against. Holiday is normally rated. People are like, oh, he's underrated. He is underrated. This market dictates that he's not anymore, okay? Because that's a lot of value for him. Underrated means he is not rated as high as he should be. But if he's getting giving fetching what he just fetched in this trade, he's rated high. And I think the Celtics were smart. The Celtics realized, okay, hold on a second here. Uh, the Celtics, I think, were competing with the Sixers. And look, the Sixers, I think, had a three-way cooking with the Los Angeles Clippers. I, I firmly believe this. I think they could move hard in a couple of picks. And those couple of picks... Uh, could have turned into an additional pick because now Harden's going to the Clippers. So the Blazers could have ended up with three firsts. But what the Blazers realized, and I think it's, it's smart to realize, is like a young asset like Time Lord, like Robert Williams, is worth more than, you know, a, a future first because like he's a known quantity. And, you know, also you, you need to fill in roster slots and, and, and uh, with, with actual players sometimes. You know, it's not, it's not enough just to get the picks. Fine. We get it. So, I think, I don't, no team could have topped what Boston just offered. Boston had the most, it was Boston's game to lose, if you will. Um, but Stevens kind of backed himself into this one a little bit, right? So, if you look at the last, what was it, four of the last six years or whatever, something's made the conference finals are better, four of the last six years, okay? Probably should have won it, um, should have made the finals, I think, at least three out of those four. Not the Cavs time when LeBron was there. And uh, they should have won it at least once, right? Like the Bucks with Giannis, Bucks at least got their chip. Now, here's the thing: I always think it's better for ownership at a franchise to have to be a conference finalist contender for like ten plus years than do what the 2008 Celtics did, which they had to do. I get it, but uh, do a short-lived window, win a title, then you're out. I just think you, that the franchise grows with the, with the team and all that. Having said that, it's probably better for the GM to get, like, a notch on his resume, to get the actual title. You can't remove that, right? So, like, you know, Frank Vogel, for example, is going to keep getting jobs to get the job of Phoenix because he won a title with the Lakers. You know, Danny Ainge will have multiple chances. He's a good GM, but also because he won 2008. So once you get that ring, it really solidifies the resume. It's like an MBA. It's like a master's degree. Like, you can't take it away. Right? Well, he got good grades, but he never actually graduated. Okay. You know, that doesn't mean as much, right? Um, having said that, so let's flip the, the audiences here. Better for the GMs to actually get uh, the people in charge, base and the coaching staff, really, to get, like, a title on your belt. You're going to have a longer career. You know, when you make the Hall of Fame, you have that accolade, okay? Better for ownership and fans, however, in my opinion, and the, and the data would prove this, to be longer for sustained success. Because now you're going to get more ratings. Your team is going to be interesting longer. Um, fans are going to be engaged. Ownership's going to make more revenue off that. Okay? The, the, I, I, again, the 90s Jazz, the 90s Pacers, teams that, um, you know, were, were constantly a second round plus every single year, made the conference finals a bunch, and then cracked through the finals and, and had chances to win it. Um you know, did better revenue-wise. Then you look at those same teams and, you know, when, they, when things were down, and they were really down. Now, granted, it's the market, I get it. When the Celtics were bad, I mean, like, no one was showing up, obviously. So, like, you want to be good for a longer sustained period. Now, obviously, you want to crack through here and there, 
and there's ways to do that. But I think the Celtics did a couple back-to-back moves here that shortened the window. And for me, when I put the blame, they had to do the holiday deal. I get it. But the blame for me is, and again, like, it's hard to be perfect. Stevens, first of all, had a phenomenal deadline two years ago. Um, The Schroeder, you know, moving off Schroeder, and then getting Derek White. That was a game changer. Now, I think he got screwed a little bit. Stevens did. Because the White move was great. I think the Uduko situation really killed the Celtics. I don't think it was going to have the impact it did. It totally did. And I think, like, not getting a veteran guy to come in and clean it up, basically, um, and and getting, like, a good leader there kind of really hurt, right? And I think they gave Joe this one year. What I would have liked to see from this group is get a good, legit veteran coach. Like, I get it, Joe Missoula. Like, I don't even know if the players liked him that much. They probably did. But... To me, their move was so obvious. If you have the best team in the league, as much as we criticize some of the fits here and there, if you have the best team in the league and your issue is coaching, it's the easiest thing to replace. It is the easiest thing to replace. So the whole move the offseason, as much as I'm not the biggest fan of Smart and all these guys, the biggest move, in my opinion, was easily just... They, they messed it up because they extended Joe Mazzula. They extended him too early because he was having a good regular season. There's no reason for that. This is an obvious hindsight. I get it. It's captain hindsight. But had you just waited on Missoula, what does he do in the playoffs? Okay? Doesn't do great. Makes a lot of coaching errors. Great. Let's get a good veteran coach here. Um, It's ownership's money. We're not losing any assets for it. And let's get a guy who, who, you know, um, could be a good young guy. The Emma Duco experience, in in theory, works, right? Like getting, like, a, a former, you know, player who, you know, had a good assistant coach experience and all that. That philosophy works. Like, I, but, like, that guy needs to be at the helm, in my opinion. So, we go through candidates. There's lots of candidates. Like, I'm not even going to do the exercise, okay? Every single, like, Charles Lease, you know, fine, done. All these assistants totally would have worked. But, like, so I think that was a big error because, like, that doesn't cost anything. It just it doesn't cost any assets, picks players, okay. Uh, but then you do that, and then like, look, I'm not, I'm totally fine, not resigning Grant Williams. Need a lot of money, and then smart, but like swapping those two guys out basically for Porzingis, it leaves me a sour taste. Stevens is obsessed with spacing centers, loves them. Muscala, they had Olinick. I love a lot. I like these guys too. Horford, right? Uh, uh, Luke Cornette loves fives that can shoot in space. Get it, okay? The difference with Porzingis is Porzingis. Now, look, I, I, you have to dissect it. Like that trade, I think, kind of hurt their offseason tremendously because everything was a, a ramification of that. Okay, so now you get Porzingis. Doesn't really fit the flow of the team, the trajectory of the team so well. Um, is he a four? Is he five? I don't even know what position he is. I think he's a five. And is he like he's a prima donna? He needs to be the second or third guy in a situation. Now, granted, the thing I've always shat on for KP is his, his Cicero. His Cicero was good in Washington, but he was also, like, the number one option there. So I changed that reflection a little bit. But I think he'd rather be the best guy in a bad team. I still do. Like, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. It's just too big of a risk to do when you're when you're the Vegas favorites to win the title. You don't make a, a risk like that. It's a silly, it's a silly risk. Okay? 
Coaching changes are, are real easy. So yeah, as a result, they get KP. And now they have like a weird set four or five log jam. And then because Gallo and Grant Williams are gone, this is the peel the onion thing. Now we have no three fours. Um, regardless, Milwaukee gets Cesper, gets Lillard. And then we got to overpay now, get Holiday back, right? So like everything that kind of went down was a little strange. Um, and look, I'll say this. The Southerners have the best starting five in the league, in my opinion. White, Holiday, Brown, Tatum, Horford, great. It's great. The depth gets super thin, super thin, right? KP's a little injury prone. You're going to rely on him now. He's your sixth man, I believe, okay? It's a good sixth man, but is he willing to accept that role? Again, skeptical here, right? These guys can get out of the league real fast. Look at Christian Wood. Um, Peyton Pritchard's like your seventh man, and now Brichette's in there, Sam Hauser. You're, you're, you're already thin as it was. And everyone moves up a slot of the rotation. Super risky. So, and again, you're playing against Milwaukee. That it's a, I don't know. It's tough. I would have liked to see a, just a brand new... I would have liked to just keep the team intact, pretty much. Bring in a new coach. Um, and, you know, see what happens with a new coach. Now, having said that, look, I get it. A holiday goes to Philly. Now you're, you know, you you almost beat you just beat them at seven games. Now you're a slot worse. So now, like, situations kind of happen. I, look, I get that they had to make the move, um, but the, the interesting thing with Stevens is, as much as the, like, he made some right moves here, and I look, I get the KP thing. I go back and forth. I don't think he won any of these deals. So Ainge was good at not only making some of the right moves, but actually won the deals. Like, it, I'm okay losing deals here and there to make the right move. But if you consistently do that, you're consistently trading a dollar ten to get a dollar back. Um, not great for the long-term trajectory of your franchise. And look, now they have a two-year window. And if they win, great. Steven's got a notch on his belt. Um, and there's no chance to ever win a title. I get it. Uh, it shortens it, though. Because now in two years, if they don't win, you know, Brown demands out. Then they have to get some masses for there. And things can get, you know, out of control real fast. And that's my concern. My concern is uh, this could spiral kind of like what happened to Philly, quite frankly, in, in a bad sense. Now, now, look, luckiness happens for old teams. Happened with the Sixers with similar situation. Happened also with the Duco. And now they're paying the price really for Emo Duco. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't – not in love with it, but they had to do it. And ultimately – they might win 